0: Welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, presented by Paul Spain and Angus.
1: Welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. This is episode number 89. You're with myself, Paul Spain, and we uh, have...
2: Israel Watton, new boy on the block today.
1: Welcome along. And Nate Dunn, And welcome back for hmm. the umpteenth time. <laughs> Not really uh, the new no, guy on the block. I'm
0: what? part of furniture now,
1: really. Well, a good part of the furniture. No, it's great, great to have you on the show. Israel, um, very nice to have you here.
2: It's great to be here.
1: Now, uh, just for our for our listeners, a little bit of background. You've been, a, a, I guess, a, a tech enthusiast for some time, but cars are probably uh, yeah, cars a bit are more of a focus for you, A little right? bit more.
2: It's, um, I make my living as a a technician, they call us now, the old school mechanic.
1: But you've pretty much driven right across the board in terms of uh vehicles over the over the years for from some uh, some pretty uh snappy ones down to some uh not not quite so uh capable vehicles right
2: yeah i'm currently a um a uh i work on european sports cars very nice european sports cars and i've done um mostly worked on european cars but i have done a few years working in all comers garages as well so but yeah sort of lean towards the more High-end European stuff at the moment.
1: Excellent. Well, um, we we're, we're going to uh, appreciate your input as we we chit chat about some car stuff on this episode, and uh, certainly we'll be hoping to have you back as we uh, as we do a little bit more around cars over the over the coming months. As uh, I guess more and more sort of a, of a. Um, of an overlap between, you know, technology and, mm. and, and cars now and yeah. the sort of traditional sort of mechanic that just understood a, a, a motor, yeah. that, that sort of has really changed, hasn't it, in, in re- recent years and there's so much uh, technology integration.
2: Yeah, the, um, the technology, you know, is a is focus of a lot of the manufacturers now is, you know, is what else can the car do for the per- person driving it? How do you interface with the car? How do you hook your technology up with the car? It's becoming quite a focus well, um, well I guess
1: the the petrol, you know, the the you know traditional sort of petrol engines and and so on. There haven't been huge changes really over the last, no, you know, hun- hundred years in terms of you know the, the incremental points in time yeah. where there have been changes. But uh, the technology is a bit that just moves so quickly, right? So, yeah, that's right.
0: Yeah. Do you think we'll ever get to cars that can repair
2: themselves? Um, I once saw an article where and someone saying in ten years we'll all be working from home. So yeah, probably.
0: <laughs> and is it I'm assuming that when you first started training to be a technician and what it's like now is sort of streets apart where you went from very, very basic vehicles to very, very sophisticated vehicles as we have now.
2: Yeah, I I actually trained as a mechanic twelve years ago and before that I'd been mincing around with cars for years. It hasn't really changed a lot like the way the engines run in the last twelve years, but a lot of the other technology that is packed into a car has really, really come a long way in that time. Mm. So, um, and I'm assuming it also makes your job a lot easier too, that you can grab
0: a car and it's got, you know, a USB plug or I'm assuming something a bit more complicated than that, you can plug it in the car and say, hey, look, these are the problems I'm having or this is what you need to do. So it it makes your diagnosing job a lot quicker and a lot easier.
2: Yeah, it, it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, if there's a, if the car... It has an issue and it's logged a fault, then it's generally a pretty easy process. But there's a lot of times when a car comes in, it's definitely got an issue, it's running rough or something's not working, and then you plug your diagnostic equipment and it tells you there's nothing wrong with the car. Mm-hmm. And, and that's when you really have to start using your brain. So, I mean, there is a fallacy out there that all we do is plug our computer in and that tells us how to fix the car, but it's not. It's quite often not the case.
0: Yeah. And I'm assuming with the the level of um european car that you're looking at that they would be looking at the at interfacing with phones and sort of pushing h- as far as you can with your d- your personal devices and then the the can
2: i say cheaper brands or the sort of lower end brands would then be following suit is that a fair yeah i think um yeah they t- the euros will tend to try and bring it out first but it doesn't take long now for your your average um japanese or english car to to come up with the technology, it was only five years ago where we were all ooing and auring about an Audi that could park itself, and now you can get it in a Ford Focus, I think.
1: Mm, yeah, and we've reviewed that on the on the on the show before. So. Yeah, yeah, and I think that you know it's really similar to what we've seen in in the technology field, where some premium brands will you know will lead. Mm-hmm. And then you know th- those features and, and technologies will will come down mm. and become more broadly available to the general uh, general public. That was sort of the discussion we were having before the right. show, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's going to continue to be a fast moving sp- you know space. I think for uh, mm. for some some time to come. Now the big news this week has been all around the uh, the iPhone five and uh, Apple's other announcements around the uh, the iPod. I think people are, p- are probably pretty keen to uh, to hear a little bit of. Um, our thoughts around that stuff well well i ho- I hope they're interested uh It certainly seems from the, the feedback uh that that I've been hearing out there, there there sort of seem to be two schools around uh the new iphone there there's uh a group that is really interested in anything that apple uh has got to offer and a little bit like that attachment that people have to a european car brand uh there's a there's a real sort of strong identity that uh that the Apple brand has and then then there's a school of of thought or 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 an audience that is uh, much more interested in specifications and uh, you know ha, ha, i guess has has differing sort of opinions right guys what's been what's been your sort of take on on the iPhone over the last um, over the last few days since we got the announcement on uh, on Thursday morning i'm amazed they've
0: gone bigger um, that was a surprise i thought the phone would remain as the standard form factor that they've got and it seems that you've gone from really um, four icons high to five icons, to put it in sort of layman's terms. Um, I was watching the video um, from the the English guy who's the head um, designer, and just the amount of... That's the one, sorry. And the amount of effort that they go into engineering the iPhone is just stunning. I've had a bit of a play with um, the Samsung S3 to sort of put it into uh, context, and my feeling is I'm not... I'm sort of becoming a fan of a smaller phone rather than a bigger one. So I think this is a nice. Uh, in the presentation I was watching, it was saying that you can still use it quite comfortably with one fu- with sorry with one hand. So, yeah, you know, I, I really like the the iPhone 5, but I don't um, think it's as a sort of as a big leap forward as the the previous. That's the sort of um, feeling that I'm getting from uh, from Twitter, from the blogs I've been reading you got the new retina display which is just like you can't compare anything on the retina display and I know Samsung's trying to say that their display is as good but I really don't think it is um, it's the first phone with LTE so once we get the super fast wire first Apple phone yeah uh, sorry first Apple phone, yeah, sorry, first, um, Apple phone. Um, and I think it's going to be absolutely incredible when that rolls out everywhere you're going to be able to get um, speeds quicker than what you can get with your home broadband which just seems nuts and also iOS 6 which is not to be um, shrugged at as well with the new version of iOS 5 Really nice phone, but I don't think it was the leaps and bounds that potentially people were hoping it would be. Um, a little bit thinner, a little bit lighter. Yeah, I think they've re-engineered a lot of stuff on the inside, but it doesn't have the sort of monumental bounds forward that the previous did. But this is all coming very much from a Samsung fanboy.
1: Yeah, yeah. well, no, that's interesting to hear. And, you know, I think w- one of the things that maybe surprised us was that there weren't that many surprises if you if you delved into a lot of the 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 leaks and the comments that were online prior to the iphone 5 launch i think when you compared what people had come up with because people are following the product so closely and they've been watching little Uh, you know the little snippet of a a leak that comes out of China saying oh this is the back plate for the for the phone or this is one piece that's come out of some manufacturing plant and oh this is a you know a a camera module or something that's come from you know some other country and so on and they've pieced these things together it seemed to have a pretty a
2: pretty good picture on it
1: Israel was there anything sort of surprising to you and in in the announcement?
2: I to be honest had not really paid much attention (laughs) well that's (laughs) to be honest mainly because you're at use what what have you got? as your phone. I've just got a little um Samsung Galaxy. Yeah, yeah. So
1: yeah, so there's. I mean, <coughs> I guess there's in the in the tech world, and for people that are iPhone users, there's been a real interest. And mm. in, you know, I've certainly had had a number of people saying, "Look, I want to go straight onto the iPhone five as you know as as soon as I can. I'm ready for it, but." Uh, yeah that fact that there's there's probably not as much excitement as uh, as we 've had in the past is interesting, but on the flip side uh we've had numbers through from apple saying uh saying this morning that they had sold two million units in the first uh, in the first twenty four hours oh, hmm. and had uh you know had had broken all previous sort of uh you know sales records. So yeah, there's, there's, I guess, some interesting uh, numbers starting to come together. I've heard a few numbers around uh, New Zealand. I haven't had a chance to speak with with anybody officially, sort of on the record in terms of access to the iPhone 5 here. What we do know is it's as as it will be available uh, physically. The first units will be available here on the twenty eighth of uh, September. So, you know, Friday next week. Uh, and twenty uh, first, in, in a number of other countries such as Australia. So no doubt there'll be one or two that'll uh, uh, slip back into or slip into the country ahead of that twenty eighth um, date, and we'll certainly see if we can get our hands on. Uh, and the pricing pretty much stays the same as. Uh, as, as what we've seen uh, what we've seen in the past. Now, one little bit of snippet that I that I've heard, and I don't know um, I, this, these aren't official numbers out of uh, Vodafone, but I heard with the iPhone 4S they had around eighteen thousand units available on on uh, launch day here in New Zealand. Uh, but uh, apparently, their allocation this time round is about ten thousand units so in terms of selling out if they've got a smaller range of uh, or a smaller number of devices i guess that's likely to sell out a whole lot Mm. uh, quicker and uh, if the unofficial things i'm hearing are are anything to go by they're going to follow a similar track to what they've done in the past as well and to say hey uh, loyal existing customers of vodafone you're at the back of the queue uh, if you're coming into the store to sign up as a new Vodafone mm. customer we will, or to sign a contract, we have an iPhone 5 here uh, available for you. But if you're an existing customer that just wants to buy one outright, um, then, then you're at the back of the queue, which is an interesting uh, mm. tack to take. But I guess from their perspective, they, you know, they want to generate as much new business off the back of uh, uh, this product release as they can. Mm. I think listening to last week's podcast, I think Bill made a perfect
0: comment where he said that. No one really aspires to own a Samsung device, which I could I'd agree with 100%. I've got a couple of even uh, though you're a Samsung owner, even as even as a Samsung owner, I've got a couple of young staff members who both have iPhones that have saved up. And I still find it amazing that people can because what's what was the ROP on the iPhone 5? It was, was it, it was 1200, was it uh,
1: 1000? The, the starting price for the 16 gig models, 1049? Yeah,
0: so you're, you're talking about a device which maybe rewind three four years ago, it was unheard of spending. Over a $1,000 on a device that sits in your pocket. Uh, you know, and I'm talking mainstream spend, not for the... And,
1: and you're talking teenagers uh, yeah, he- who are st- buying this sort of phone. Yeah, who are
0: still at school, mainly because all the other kids at school have got them. And uh, I just find it amazing that, that Apple's been able to create this or uh, inflate this desire that, hey, if I've got an iPhone, I'm actually really, really cool and really, really special. And they've set to... You know, if I was in their um, marketing or their development team and someone said, oh, look, we're going to sell these for... A, over $1,000, I'd say, well, that's probably going to cut us off at the knees. They're way too expensive. But people still go out and drop $1,000 on them, even signing up for a contract. Okay, you get it either at a very discount rate or you get it for free. But still, walking around with a $1,000 phone, Rewind a few years ago was quite unheard of. Now it's, yeah, don't really doesn't really raise any eyebrows at
1: all. I mean, I think I would have to challenge the the assertion that people wouldn't aspire to say having a Samsung phone because I think when we look at those sales numbers around the Galaxy S three, for instance, which I think has already shot past uh, uh, twenty million, and I think we you know predicted on the on the show before its launch, it would probably end up selling double of the Galaxy S two, which 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 did twenty million roughly over its lifetime. There seems to be a really strong audience out there that are going out and buying. Uh, you know buying those and really wanting to have that phone, because that's pretty much the top of the line as you know in terms of phones other, other than what Apple offers. Uh, and arguably when we look at some of the specifications as a end as a higher-end uh, higher device in, in some regards. So there, there's obviously an audience that is, is very, very keen on, uh, on that product, and it's a pretty polished product. Now, just a quick run through on um, on some of the specs because we, you know we were talking there about the the Retina type you know display, and that's one area where uh, I guess Apple are just absolute gurus at um, uh, at marketing and branding. And you're talking about the uh, the the effort that they put into the build and how how just amazing that was in terms of coming up with a really real real quality product. Now. As such, we can really only speculate on that because we've seen the uh, we've seen the keynote sort of talk about it, but we haven't had our hands on the iPhone five here yet, and we you know we, we will report back uh, once we've actually got a uh, a, a unit in, in hand. But I guess one of the one of the questions is there: How do we know that an equivalent amount of effort doesn't go into uh, to other products? Because uh, we're you know we're really judging on based on sort of a marketing um, you know video at this stage.
0: Yeah, it'd be nice to get it'd be nice to actually feel an iPhone five and see what the difference is in weight compared to the previous model and see what the build's like and all that sort of stuff. And I'd like to compare it to my um, S two as well and just see how it compares to that.
1: Yeah, I mean I think uh we we do know that Apple does does put a lot of effort into producing something that that really feels like a premium product. And I guess that was the, you know that a little bit of the tie back when we were talking about the cars before and and uh you know for instance the 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 build and that feeling associated with some of the european um premium car mm. brands uh compared to um you know say the more mainstream and 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 lower cost brands i mean do you guys both have sort of a feeling that there is a real build quality and 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 effort that goes into the um the iphone and the apple products compared to others in the market
2: uh, any any Apple stuff I've sort of had my hands on se- tends to feel a bit better, a bit sort of well put together. Um, it looks nicer. Um, it's definitely what you want sitting on your desk sort of thing, you know.
0: Mm. I think if you're commanding that higher price point, you can't get away with having a, an inferior build. And I, th- I think, too, if you're doing a mass market we have got millions and millions of these units out there, you need to have stuff that works that just is reliable otherwise your costs of support are going to go through the roof you're not going to make any money so it's in their really it is in their best interest to make the most hardy products that they can um although having said that with an iphone 4 if you drop it on a particular way the screen just disintegrates and smashes so
1: that seems to be one of the most common things actually And, and one of the discussions i've had in recent days and you know last week a discussion up up at tv3 when we were talking about the iphone 5 there The presenter Rachel Smalley was saying that uh, you know we're talking about the the new iPhone and uh, and how strong some of these some of the other phones like the Nokias are and so on you know she was like oh yeah I've had the you know the the cracked screen and you know there were a couple of people that I talked to about that and and there seems to be a lot of people with an iPhone that have had that uh, you know that issue with the screen cracked and so on Hmm. so really good build quality but has there been a little bit of form over you know over function there in terms of the look uh, but actually, not the um, not the tup- toughest um, product in the market.
0: So, we, did you somehow sneak onto TV Three for the uh, the segment about the iPhone Five?
1: I did. I uh, did. I did the um, first line show, which is their sort of morning news show, and uh, they picked up a couple of those bits and and uh, ended up on sort of you know the other other news that they do six o'clock and and nightline. So, so we uh, should get your autograph now because it could be worth millions. Uh, worth about two cents. Fair enough. Yep, because that's all that's in the in the bank account, so anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah Sorry about that. Uh, I'll get to you later. But I'm um, jumping back to the sort of spe- specifications. Uh, you know, we're now sort of, I guess, re- reaching a point. Where we're seeing very similar specifications across. You know, most of the the, the premium products. Of course, we had um, Nokia's announcement uh, a couple of weeks ago about their new Windows uh, Phone 8 uh, devices, and that seems to be at the top of the specification field in terms of um the The density of the pixels or the dots on the screen, so you know when I guess when Apple came out uh, with the retina display to start with, it was just like wow we 've never seen anything like that uh, but now they're you know they're they 're slightly behind they 've got a slightly lower resolution screen it 's a smaller screen when we when we compare it to what Nokia are doing and also to um you know to some of the Samsung uh, devices certainly from a size and a and a total number of pixels perspective. Does that does that matter for Apple that um, they, they don't have the top specs? Is, is it is it really important?
0: I, I don't think Apple's one to follow trends or to they are very much a trailblazer. They dictate where the market goes. You know the classic example is the the new form factors of the the Samsung. Uh, we tried the, was last the, year the Note. No, no, the the laptop, you know, and it was pretty much the same form factor as a MacBook.
1: Right, yes. And,
0: you you know, you can't look at that and go, oh, well, Samsung came up with that off the top of their heads, you know. Apple is blazing ahead and showing and and established, well, look at the iPad even now with my um, Galaxy Tab. People go, oh, it's an iPad. And it's like, "Oh, it's just too hard to explain. No, it's not. It's a Galaxy Tab. You just, they've, they've created such great products. Again, this is kind of awkward as a, samsung fanboy but whatever they've created all these amazing products that everyone else is trying to imitate and the general public will see a tablet and just assume oh you've got an ipad or you know when we go rewind right back to when ipods first came out if you had an mp3 player people would say oh it's just an ipod because it was just easier and they that, just, they, that's right and i
1: mean i remember it, actually an ibm technician came in one day and he said paul what brand of ipad should i buy for my child Home. Hmm. you know it's just uh, the, the, to people that means you know a tablet an you know, iphone means a smartphone hmm. to certainly to a, you know to a, to a sector of the market so i mean in time is this going to hurt you know apple like like you know again the the comparison with sort of premium cars we get you know the features that might come out first on a, a an audi or an, or another uh, you know european brand those features over time yeah. will become much more accessible as Ford and Honda and other vendors sort of incorporate those features in at a mainstream level, you know, ultimately the broad audience doesn't end up buying, um, you know, the most expensive brand. Although there'll always be a segment that will. Are we going to see the same thing here?
2: I, I think maybe the point needs to be made. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's just a feat of marketing that if something that's flat with a screen gets called an i, iP- iPad. You know. Um, if you look back at cars, everyone thinks that Honda invented VTEC, you know, they invented variable valve timing, but that technology had been out for years in various other cars, but, you know, Honda put a badge on it, and they put ads on tally telly about it, and so everyone just assumes that in the 80s, Honda invented VTEC, so is it that Apple's just better at marketing, or is it that they are innovators?
1: Mm. Or is it, I guess there's always going to be a bit of a mix of both, aren't there? You can't have one company that... Is it possible one company invents everything and everyone else just will always follow?
2: No, I don't. I don't. You know, some companies are more innovative. I mean, they to stay at the top of the game, you've got to spend more money on R and D. But a lot of, I mean, in the automotive field, a lot of that stuff's licensed out. Um, you know, one company will spend maybe maybe they'll they'll employ Bosch to invent some system under license for x amount of years then a few years later everyone's got access to it so um,
1: and i guess we've seen a lot of that and and i guess recent court cases between apple and samsung and so on that you know there's a lot of inventions that one company will come out with that are you know that uh you know creates a clash when another company uses it but ultimately i guess we're getting to a flatter playing field aren't we we're seeing very similar things across Mm. the brands and you know if we look now at that sort of specification um, side, so you know one of the areas is screen, so uh, you know we've seen that grow to a four-inch screen on the iPhone five, but we've got uh, you know up to four point eight-inch um, you know screens on on uh, top-of-the-line phones from the likes of Samsung, Or four point five on the new uh, Nokia. So th- there is that that difference in terms of uh, speed. We've certainly seen the uh, the iPhone really sort of step up. As ha- as seems to happen every year, they're sort of talking about double the performance, uh, but we're seeing that that sort of same type of improvement happening on uh, um, Samsung and, and Nokia and other uh, other vendor um, devices. So uh, yeah, it's it's a little bit of a an interesting one. Apple hasn't uh, embraced the near field communications uh, technology that we've seen across the other vendors. Does that leave them behind Nate? This is a you know we've talked a lot about n f c and and the you know potential for these electronic payments and so on is this is this going to be a problem for for Apple
0: Yeah, I think it will be because we are moving more to n f c and had you asked me this question potentially a month ago before um snapper and auckland transport auckland transport All- and now we're going into hopper well it's just a ridiculous mess mm. um, i sort of undoes all that good work. But I, I think yeah I'm not quite sure why Apple didn't include NFC, um because the S three has got it. Isn't that right?
1: Yeah and the new Nokia's have, have uh that have been announced yeah, it, so uh, you know have have got it. And you know again at, at that higher end of, of phones on the, the competing platforms in terms of Android and Windows phone, uh field communications is becoming a, I guess a staple and we're starting to see that technology be able to be used for payments, you know, on buses, in stores yeah, you know, cetera, and that surely is only going to grow uh, grow over time.
0: Maybe they felt it was just it was too new, and they were going to wait till maybe iPhone six and include it in that. I don't know.
1: Now uh, with the new iPhone, they've they've uh, they've delivered LTE, which is a f- uh, f- you know the four G uh, type of uh, network, fourth generation uh, network. As you talked alluded to earlier, very very fast speeds uh, yep. possible in some countries. We don't have that technology here yet telecom of course talking about trials that they they they're planning to launch later this year uh, but realistically all of the carriers in New Zealand are going to deliver L, LTE from uh, from what you know what we what we're hearing uh and and it makes sense so uh right across the board everyone will deliver that but that wait is is primarily waiting on the availability of spectrum that comes from uh, um, turning off analog uh, analog TV in this country
0: and the reason LTE is so quick is because
1: Oh, that's going to be a bit of, a bit of fun <laughs> to go into the into the technicalities of it. Well, I suppose it's
0: a, the compa- uh, to break it right down to a very basic comparison would be you're moving from a sort of analogue um, network that wasn't really designed for the, the throughput of data that we're doing now to um, a sort of digital network. And I know it's breaking down very, very basically, but your device will become sort of like a, a network device on a big, big um, sort of internet that's sitting out there. Um, I think I'm going to start getting very confused as well. But it is a. It is, I, th- I think we need to highlight the fact that it is a massive jump forward, and it's not sort of a an upgrade. It is a huge how that's changed, and it's going to provide these amazing speeds and a whole lot of other features. We don't have enough time to go through more, but yeah, I'm very
1: excited about LTE. So yeah, um, the the interesting thing is is again, um, you know, in in this case, Apple sort of uh, well, it's it's fair to say they're la- they're last to come to the table with the LTE technology. Uh, with Samsung you know already having uh, having that and and Nokia already having that in the in the US market part of that being a reflection that that Apple uh, sticks to their own cycle which is one you know typically one release a year whereas the other vendors will come out with a product when it suits so as the technology comes they can just launch something straight away to you know to 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 at least have those bragging rights of hey we've come out with this ahead of anyone else certainly it's it I guess it limit limits Apple's bragging rights now that they do have that annual uh annual launch because when we look through these specifications there are definitely, you know, unique things about uh the iPhone from a build perspective, from a software perspective uh from the way they've done certain things and it and it and from what we're seeing in the images it looks gorgeous but um they don't have all the bragging rights to say we now have the highest resolution screen the highest resolution camera we've got nfc blah blah because some of those they don't have um and and the other ones where you know they've hit um certain certain lines someone else has already hit them before
0: that's good uh, especially you know competition is really good in any market as long as it's not the one that I'm in. Um, so it's, really, it's good seeing these two heavyweights battle it out because it really only means one thing, and that's um, more innovation and pushing the boundaries for consumers. So
1: but the innovation curve is starting to smooth out a bit, isn't it? I yep. mean, you know, when, when, we, when we look back two or three years, we were seeing, every year we were seeing quite a good, you know, ad- advance in the technology. But we're now seeing sort of smaller incremental incremental changes, which I guess is just a reflection of a, you know, uh, a mature market and mature products. And it's you know it's going to take. Um, I don't know what the next big thing will be that will push uh, push phones along.
0: I saw on a blog it was I reckon this will be the next big thing gloves that have Bluetooth head unit in them. So you put your thumb in your ear, put your little finger like you know when you're a kid pretending to talk on the phone, put your little finger out, and you can use that instead of having to have. Bluetooth, a wireless Bluetooth thing in your ear, that is the future. Not really, but I just thought it was. It's just cool. weird. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, now other announcements from uh, from Apple, without letting them take up the um, the the whole show. Of course, new i the the new iPods, and uh, you know we've got the new iPod Touch, which uh, Apple is saying has exactly the same screen uh, as uh, the iPhone 5. That is pretty cool in a in a little touch device. Uh, but it isn't coming down to the lowest, uh, price point. So the, um, the eight gig units that are available on the market today, uh, uh, will stay at the previous generation at that low sort of, uh, 200 and something dollar, uh, price point. Um, and, and it's quite a big step up to, um, uh, to the higher capacity models. So, yeah, it, it leaves them, you know, still as the, uh, premium and predominant player in the um, uh, you, know, you know in that market of of, of music uh, you know players and and I guess uh, phones that don't have a phone in them. If that is that a good description? Smartphones without a phone? Uh, yeah,
0: I, I, I'm, just, I'm amazed that there's still a market there. You'd think <laughs> that with phones getting cheaper, that you would just integrate the phone and MP3 player into one unit. But I suppose if they're still pumping them out front centre there must be a demand for them.
1: Def- definitely uh, you know i think there there's going to be an audience for a, for a while to come in the same way there's still an audience that will buy uh, a gps unit for their for their car and th- these devices are becoming more and more obscure as you can do just about anything you want in in a phone
2: i suppose there's probably nothing worse than someone ringing do G- you during your favorite song so that's one of the reasons people still like their mp3 players I suppose
1: actually that it's a brilliant example because I loaned a friend of mine a smartphone the other day and he's oh there was a great playlist on there because I'd left in a um, you know memory card with some music and uh, he, he works in retail so he unplugged the iPod that that the, that the company had given him and, and plugged in uh, plugged in the phone I'd loaned him and uh, he's in the store and I, I I don't know if there were customers in the store but suddenly the music sort of you know, changes to this weird ringing sound, and it took him a few seconds to realise what had happened. And uh, you know, he had an in- incoming call, and it was going over the store speakers. So, what uh, sort of
0: store does he work in that he'd listen to your Justin Bieber, One Direction playlist?
1: Hey, don't don't <laughs> tell anyone about that. <laughs> no, I can assure you, um, the music wasn't quite that uh, up up to date More, or or cutting edge. Uh, mind okay, you. fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> righto so um, on to cars we've been uh we've had, had a bit of a, a a bit of time over the last week in the honda ima uh, civic sedan now israel you gave me quite a good breakdown um on on what this ima or integrated motor assist technology is because this is something i don't know if it's unique to honda there's certainly that brand that that sort of branding or terminology for it is but this is a a form of sort of hybrid technology that they've been ha- building into their cars for, I think sort of you know at least ten twelve years, right? Yeah, and this is the latest iteration of it in the in the um, in the Honda Civic.
2: Yeah, um, I mean the IMA is what they're calling it, and as you said, the in- integrated motor assist. It's sort of a bit different to your um, traditional hybrid, say as a Toyota Prius type hybrid, um, where the what they're doing to get the um, fuel economy is they're fitting the car with a smaller engine and um, in between the engine and gearbox, gearboxes they call it a motor generator. It's a starter motor and um, it also generates a lot of electricity. In the back of the car instead of having what would be called a tra- traditional battery it's possibly a large capacitor that can store huge current or huge power.
1: Yeah, they talked about a battery that was I think about $800 to... To replace, and so yep. they put an eight-year warranty on it, so yep. that's a big difference to the sort of the, the you know the, the yeah. boot full of batteries that we think of with you know the yeah. uh, um, the full hybrid vehicles, isn't it?
2: Yeah, that's right, um, because the battery's not um, intended to solely drive the car for long distances. It's used to boost the power of the engine, and um, basically, what they're doing is they're recovering the energy lost when braking, and they're storing that in the battery. So as you pull away, the reusing that energy I mean, once you're up and cruising Once you're cruising down the motorway It doesn't matter if you've got a 1500 or a 4.2 litre V8 really It's not going to make much difference Right I mean, all your energy is used to get the car to that point So Right, when you, when you put your foot down at, right, at yeah. those
1: points So uh, in, in terms of, um, you know, from a, some uh, um, efficiency perspective By kicking in at those sort of key points when you put your foot down um, that does that make much difference to your sort of fuel economy?
2: Yeah, just in the fact that you can use a smaller engine, basically.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I noticed that um, uh, that Honda have a one a one point eight liter as their sort of standard, um, you know, uh, petrol version of the vehicle. Yeah. And then the um, the hybrid or the IMA um, model is a one point five. And you know they they said basically the um, the integrated motor assist really um, you know g- gives it at least the equivalent of of what the one point eight is, even though it's a much smaller engine.
2: Yeah, under under the acceleration, the extra torque from the electric motor will make it feel like it's a bigger engine than yeah. it is. If, yeah. I mean, it,
1: it felt it felt pretty um, you know pretty good to drive in those regards. Didn't you know? Didn't yeah. feel? Uh, yeah, it you definitely know, wasn't sluggish. No, no.
2: And, and I mean. The battery itself is a 20 kilo battery, which is not a lot of you know metal to lug around. Whereas if you're looking at some of your traditional hybrids, as you say, you've got a boot full of batteries, and that's a lot of weight to lug around. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, traditional hybrids, I sort of tend to find it hard to see where they get their um fuel fuel efficiency from. I mean, they're lugging around an extra body. Yeah. yeah sometimes yeah, Equivalent it's, of a couple of hundred kilos worth of lead, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to you got to move that somewhere somehow. How far away do you think we are
0: from moving to because i'm 'm assuming this is all moving towards electric cars once the like how far away away from the you can just go out and there 's going to be more electric cars than your old petroleum cars
1: well that 's an interesting one when I was in the u s um one of one of the companies that um i i got to uh visit was one of the uh one of the larger um uh, game makers um e a electronic arts uh, and and uh, I pulled up into their car park and uh, just a few cars across from me was or the, the section of the car park dedicated to uh plug in hybrids and uh there were all, all, all these you know a mix of of different brands of cars all you know plugged in and getting their charge during the uh, during the day. And yeah, you know, interestingly, uh, nothing standardised in terms of format. So uh, there were probably uh, maybe th- you know three different brands of of vehicles, and each one had its own type of uh, you know plug-in and uh, and connection. Uh, oh. But at this stage, it's very much I guess um, you know on on the cutting edge, and you're
2: paying a real premium to uh, uh, to have
1: that at this stage.
2: I think uh, eventually. I mean, if you believe beyond two thousand, when you're a kid, you'd be we're supposed to be all driving electric cars, cars by now, aren't we? We should all be flying around in
1: spaceships too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, but I mean, it's certainly we're starting to get the momentum yeah. in, in in that space. It, I mean, Israel, do you think it's all it's sort of cracked up to be from a um, from an environmental perspective? Are the are the are the benefits? It's hard do to say. Do you think the benefits I mean, are, genu-
2: are, 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 yeah. are genuine? Maybe somewhere like New Zealand, where a lot of our powers. You know, produced from a new renewable source, but if you're in California, what's at the other end of that plug's probably a nuclear power station, isn't yeah. it? So, <laughs> so really, you're just shifting the issue somewhere else, you Right. Know, and there's still a lot of coal power in this in the states, so and I think you know, from what I've read about electric cars, the public are wise to that and they you know, they realize it's just shifting the problem.
1: And there are challenges around batteries as well, right? Yeah,
2: batteries are your biggest issue, um, is getting a battery that has the the distance you know versus the, the size of it and it's like i mean you go back to um cell phones same thing is not it
1: and how recyclable and, and what's right. the environmental impact and of, that, of, of the battery so i mean there's general line issues that are that i guess the the motor world's trying to solve yeah. here but we don't we don't have
2: all the answers yet do we no we don't we don't have all the answers and um y- you know we be silly to deny the fact that the motor cars is a very polluting piece of equipment, you know, and I think there's a lot to be said for maybe sharing rides and stuff like that. If you're really concerned about the environment, I think the worst thing you can do is go and buy a new car. Um, but there's car manufacturers out there that tell you that's the best thing you can do, you know, um, go and buy a hybrid or a European diesel. But, yeah, I think the whole issue of sustainability, you've got to look into that, you know, like a hybrid like some hybrids, the names I won't mention, just the the carbon cost of producing them when the, they mine the stuff in Canada and ship it to Japan to make the batteries, then they put the battery in the car and ship the car to wherever it's got to go. Something to be said for that. Yeah, yeah. So, And I think that's one of the things behind the electric car issue is where, where are we getting all that stuff from.
1: Yeah, no, that's a good point. One thing I've noticed with some people that own a really high-end vehicle is that they'll actually leave it in the garage most of the time and then drive something... Uh, you know, more more efficient uh, around for a chunk of the time because, yeah. uh, um, well, there could be a whole lot of reasons for that. All right, now uh, other things that that we've looked at when we when we've looked at um, vehicles in the past is the, uh, the integration with the other pieces of technology. Which for most of us, the main piece of technology we carry around is a smartphone. Uh, we we connected up the uh, the Honda to uh, to a number of devices. Uh, android smartphones uh, windows and 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 ios um, all seems to work really well any comments guys on sort of the, that user experience i mean from my perspective it seemed pretty pretty quick and easy to uh to connect the phone and probably one of the one of the best i've uh, i've seen and uh you know really easy to sort of dial uh or to accept a call and 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 so on from the from the steering wheel
2: yeah i was actually- probably more impressed about that side of it than, than what was under the bonnet um, and I think that's what most customers will be impressed of as well that most customers generally don't look under the bonnet now they bring it into someone like me to do that and um, yeah I was I was also quite impressed that the thing could understand your thick New Zealand accent um, when telling it to make a call and stuff like that, oh, that's pretty good
0: Yeah um, I'm a big fan of uh, integrated Bluetooth on Hedgen so I've got quite a high end um I've had it for ages, Pioneer, that's got Bluetooth, so I'm quite used to the functions. But the really, the nice thing, especially with the Honda, is like my head unit, you have to upload all your contacts to for it to identify, so the fact that it can flash up and you can either disconnect or answer the call from the head unit's really nice, but my, con- my contact has to be loaded up, whereas it seems um, the Honda, you can, it just pulls the contact data off um, we my tried
1: experience was it did upload all my contacts oh, I did through. upload them? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so um, I may have, may have done the same in your case.
0: The one nice thing or which, which we tried was connecting um, Spotify off my phone, and I've got the album art because Spotify downloads it, which is really nice. It would be quite cool if that flashed up, but we couldn't really get that to we work. We didn't
1: get that to work over Bluetooth, but no. we were told over USB it will come up with the album art um, on the display. Yeah. Uh, n- now, interesting or quite nice actually i i found was where the where the where the display is in relation to the phone and the stereo sort of elements where we're used to that sort of being in the you know more in the in the center um or you know not not quite so close to where you're looking at the road but uh, but it's just you know it's not it's not a heads up display but you you only have to look down a little bit uh to see speedo stuff and to see uh you know, phone and and, and music and what's happening sort of Bluetooth-wise and I I found that was quite quite a good experience.
0: There's a a bit of a practical thing I've noticed with um, doing this with Bluetooth and I I don't know quite how you fix it. In the old days of having car phones, the the big advantage of having them or having a phone wired in is you'd have an aerial that sat on your back window. So especially in areas of terrible coverage, your car phone would normally work quite well. I don't know technically how you do it, but it would be really nice if there's a Bluetooth profile where somehow you could the phone could take advantage of a external aerial in the car. I've noticed that if I've got my phone in my pocket and I'm I've got Spotify going in the car and the call comes in, I sometimes have to take my phone out of my pocket and sort of hold it up because the coverage sort of down lower with a car door and all that other stuff actually impairs the call. So you think, Oh yeah, it's really good to be able to jump in the car, I don't have to take my phone out, it just works. But there's also that practical that sometimes your reception where your hip is, is isn't actually very good, so you've got to take the phone out anyway.
1: I've never noticed that before. Try it. Never, maybe ever, because that's, that's where my phone is all the time. Maybe
0: because my car is actually a Faraday cage with, with four wheels. <laughs> but I find all the time, well, maybe it's where I'm driving. Mount Eden's got terrible coverage. Um I've got to take my phone out because the coverage is just pants. Literally. Literally. All
1: right, all right.
0: The, can we talk about the the one thing I really liked in the Honda, which I know we had I saw on the Audi, which you guys reviewed last week or the week before? Um, what do Honda call the whether you stop at the stop lights and the car turns off? Have they got a name for that?
1: Um, yeah, basically. Well, no, I don't. do I don't know the technical uh, name for it. Israel, is there any uh, anything no. uh,
2: fancy there? It's just basically that the engine just, turns off yeah, when just, you're at the lights, right? Yeah, it's just a lot of. A lot of uh, companies just call it auto stop start. Yeah, yeah.
1: and and that's another uh, you know feature in terms of uh, you know fuel savings yep. and and uh, uh, yeah, you know keeping it green. I've right? heard
2: um, up to ten percent fuel saving quoted in some manufacturers. The flip side is some some countries in Europe it's mandatory to switch the car off if you're stationary, so it's actually a convenience thing as well.
1: And that mm-hmm. might be another reason why we're seeing it roll out in so many more cars right. in, the, in the last sort of, you know, uh, 12 to 18 months or yeah. so.
2: Yeah, I know in Germany, if you're waiting for a train at a level crossing, you're supposed to switch your car off. I remember the first time, because
0: a friend of mine bought one of the brand new V Dubs um, a few months ago. And I remember sitting there, it, it's, and it's like learning how to drive a manual car when you're a kid. And, you know, it would stall, and then you'd panic and try and get the car started. It's such a, I still find it very weird when the car just turns off. Yeah, all I,
1: I found with the Honda it, and and this is probably partly with the um uh the i m a with the integrated motor assist that it, it's just sort of really quite seamless the way it stops and then you put and and i you know i I'll, I'll admit it sometimes I like to sort of race off a little bit at the lights um and uh the the Honda didn't leave me you know stuck when i when I want to be the first off at the lights, even though the whole engine has come to a stop. It fires up quickly and um, and and it's got a fair bit of grunt to actually um, yeah get get a, get away. So I, I um yeah I didn't I didn't actually notice it after a while.
2: Yeah, it's um, because it's coupled with an electric motor. The first thing that happens is the electric motor moves you off, and then the petrol engine fires up. Um, there's other systems that are integrated in just the standard. There's no electric motor moving you off, and it, you sort of have to learn to drive a little bit different you know if you're waiting at a 10 section and then you have to just slightly release the brake as you see a a gap in the traffic approaching so that the engine's fired up i mean they're only taking a split second to fire up anyway but you still need to i mean the company i work with we've got a lot of cars that do that and i find that changes the way i drive them when i'm on test drive and um you, you just sort of got to preempt it a little bit but yeah, yeah the hybrid the it will be seamless
1: yeah that's uh it's it's pretty cool uh, now there's been a few uh rumors floating around about a buyout of um, of one of our mobile mobile telcos i I don't know whether there's any uh, any any fact behind this but i am curious who would uh, um, who might come in and um, and want to pick up a company like uh like two degrees i mean they've done very very well in the uh, in the local uh, in the local market. Any any thoughts on that?
0: Virgin Mobile Australia, possibly. And the only reason I could think of that would be the synergy between the sort of cool, fun brands that Virgin and Richard Branson has and all the other markets that he's done, especially, you know, airlines he came in and there's a whole story of where he took on British Airways and they really tried to get rid of him. It's a fascinating read. If you've not read it, I highly recommend that. That's the only, So it's another, it's not about like we're talking um, Tasha Clear and No, no, no. no, no. I, I, I,
1: I think so. But um, I mean, um, I'm not. I'm not. There hasn't been too much discussion about it. But and it has been mooted in in the, you know, in in the past that maybe, uh, you know, once they get up and running, someone's going to come in and, uh, you know, is going to swoop in and, and, you know, add them to a, you know, to a global brand. So. um, that sort of thing is, is certainly a possibility. So uh we'll keep a little bit of a watch anyway. And uh we could be completely off track on this one. And uh certainly they they haven't said anything at uh at this stage, but uh you can imagine there might be one or two uh you know one or one or two uh bidders uh because they've they have been just so successful in uh, in coming into the uh the local market here and uh certainly um you know spice things up with a bit of competition and and, and really some pretty good uh, innovation from a product perspective. So, again, we like to have a bit of a bit of competition out there around the tech space and the telecommunications space, and uh, I think we're all better for it. Now, Google and and Acer have well, Acer were about to launch a new smartphone based on uh, on a new uh, mobile operating system out of uh, out of China. It's uh, it's quite fascinating. What um w- what we've heard is um. There's uh, a new operating system, um, now I don't know how to pronounce this, um, Alian, uh, which comes from uh, the company Alibaba in, in China, where you can buy uh, products wholesale or in smaller quantities through, um, through AliExpress, and they've, uh, they're, you know, they're very, very big in, uh, in, the, in the Chinese market. And uh, They've launched this new operating system, and Acer was about to, uh, to launch a phone uh, based on it. That that we hear is possibly a um, a variation on Google Android, but Google have stepped in and have said to Acer, you can't launch this phone. Why do you think uh, Google would be uh, would be stomping this one down?
0: Yeah, they're probably not wanting to dilute the
1: brand. And why would you not, if you're going to launch a new phone, pick
0: pick Android or pick Windows Mobile? Or Windows Phone, sorry.
1: Yeah, it's well I guess there was some sort of tie up there between um Alibaba and um and, and Acer and they were gonna get a lot of promotion uh, probably off the back of it. Yeah. And I imagine it's customized very much to the uh you know, it was gonna be customized very much to the Chinese uh uh market and because it's such a you know, Alibaba is such a big brand there, uh that you know there would have there would have been that would have, you know, carried them along, I guess, to some market share.
0: What was the the H P tablet that they tried to launch which had its own and the, the, the touchpad yeah the touchpad based pad, on the palm or palm should,
1: um technology that um that well they acquired palm basically learn from
0: the mistakes of these other big companies go with something that's already well proven come up with some really nice hardware leave the um os manufacturers to what they do well i think you're really asking for trouble these you've got big budgets to do lots and lots of development like google and, and apple have
1: yeah well um We'll we'll see whether that lands and and uh, and and whether the operating system manages to go anywhere with Acer uh, having uh, having having pulled out, but it, yeah, it is a good point. With there's there's already a lot of um, uh, you know choices, and coming in with with something that's new and not necessarily compatible is pretty challenging, as as we saw um, you know with Palm's uh, lack of uh, lack of, lack of success with WebOS. And that the same issues that Hewlett Packard had after they acquired uh, Palm and and you know launched new phones and 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 tablets based on it. It, uh, it, you know it was very very challenging to the point where they they pulled out pretty quickly, didn't they? Well, it's only half
0: the battle actually having a platform that works as well as if you've got a platform and there's no apps or any add-ons for it, you've got to convince developers that hey, we are going to give a good um, target to and we're going to put a lot of money behind getting this mainstream otherwise developers aren't i'm gonna use angry birds again people like angry birds aren't going to port across and if you're a consumer why would you buy a phone where you can't get any of your favorite apps on you'll just go with the mainstream ones and regardless of how much you want to jump up and down if you've got no develop if you haven't got a good platform you're not going to need apps because developers don't want to develop
1: for something that's got no users okay um now one um one thing i wanted to dive into um but before we finish up is um had some uh, some details um shared with me around uh the new Windows 8 tablets that are coming to uh coming to market and i think we're about 5 weeks off from when uh, when they're going to land uh in New Zealand and, and and around the world um now we talked a little bit in uh recent weeks about the new uh offerings from uh Acer and um, I've heard heard some of their figures, which I, I certainly haven't seen anywhere else, so I don't know if we've got a little bit of a scoop on this one, but their 10.1-inch uh, uh, Acer Iconia W510, if I've got the model right, which is um, the one which is based on an, an Atom processor, so it runs a professional version of Windows 8. Uh, the base model of that with Wi-Fi and, uh, I think, uh, 64 gigs of uh, of storage... Is going to be priced at uh, nine hundred ninety nine dollars, including uh, GST. So that gives us sort of a, a benchmark for really what we'd like you to see as the starting point of uh, of professional Windows eight tablets in the in the New Zealand market. Uh, and then we see their um, their higher end ones, which are based on the the um, uh, Intel i five uh, chips uh, coming in in the uh, Seventeen hundred to nineteen hundred dollar price point for those Wi-Fi models. How do you guys think those those prices are going to fit for a tablet that can that can also do what a laptop does today?
0: Um, where, I can't. Remember that, where... I mean, is
1: that going to win market share against the iPads that people are buying today? Because people are, you know, in theory, the theory is, I guess, that one of these tablets will replace a laptop and and an iPad uh, for for some people in the market.
0: Is it going to work, or I think we're moving towards that space, but I I think it's going to be um, a slow casual walk, not a sprint. Um, yeah, putting it up at what would you say eighteen hundred or nineteen hundred for the sixty-four gig model is going to put you up around a. Bit. Uh,
1: that's that's for the one with an i five so a yep. high end processor, you know, similar to to uh, um, you know to what we have in um, you know the fast faster. laptops right now Um, and i think that one at the 1900 hundred dollar price point will include a 128 gig ssd so it's um, you know it's not a low a low spec machine Uh, i think that one's got um, a possibly full hd uh, display but a pretty high res um, display and that uh, that ssd drive
2: do you you think a tablet will ever replace a a, um, laptop though well, at the I guess end of
1: the day. I guess that that that's the thing that we we don't know whether this is actually going to work or uh, or I mean we we'll, I'm looking at the three of us now sitting down here using our laptops and it actually works quite well to have the screen sitting up to have the keyboard. Um, I could use it uh, definitely use a, a you know a touch screen on the on the on the laptop sometimes, but these situations where it's on your lap uh, and 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 hence the name. Um, yeah there there is there is some benefit in in actually having the one unit, although you know with some of those tablets they're going to be very much able to work in that in that hybrid type mode where you 'll snap it into a keyboard and the screen will sit up exactly like the laptops that um you know that we that we 're using at the moment, so they 'll be able to chop and change between the two worlds but it's certainly some question whether the initial models that come out are going to are going to have the sort of the the uh, the, the you know the widespread level of adoption that we see uh on on tablets and on laptops today whether that coming together is something that uh everyone will jump on board with i'm i mean i'm personally i'm quite looking forward to it but i'm i'm still a little bit undecided around what would be the perfect fit for me and i think uh, you know it's going to be a matter of having a little bit of a play mm. with the technology
2: yeah i think i think i remain in the wait and see group as well um i i don't do, do a lot, but I do prefer to have a keyboard that I can feel you know for touch typing and stuff yeah, like that so
1: yeah all right well um well, we'll be reporting back on those. We're hoping to have a hands on um, some of the new uh, the new Windows eight devices over the over the coming weeks uh, we, you know we've already had a little bit of hands on with some of the um, the pre production units um, and and it may not be possible to actually get uh, access to any of these before that launch. Uh, late October, but um, we'll, we'll certainly be seeing if we can twist some arms and uh, and, and get our hands on uh, on those ones. Now, a couple of other little snippets that I thought were interesting. Um, uh, there's a, a story that um, Yahoo uh, are, are, are snubbing BlackBerry, um, and uh, they've basically told staff that they're no longer going to support uh, BlackBerry, uh, handsets and uh, staff can pick pretty much any other uh, smartphone they want, other than a BlackBerry. Uh, going going forward, seems to be a little bit of a trend out there. I mean, the only people that I seem to see now that are getting uh, you know new new Blackberries uh, seem to be you know big corporates that are that are really entrenched in BlackBerry and government uh, you know type type people. You know, particularly in the US, where uh, you know we're still BlackBerry is really all they uh, all they support, and uh, you know, hence why uh, Obama runs around with his uh, his his BlackBerry.
0: I remember when the you know Blackberries used to be amazing, where the fact someone could email you an appointment and it would come to your phone, you could accept it, and it would go to your calendar, and it would just all work, and they had some amazing features. But now looking at like my S two can do all of that, and I'm not locked down to a proprietary network. I th- I really think BlackBerry's been sort of left well well behind the the rest of the curve, and they're becoming just a little bit I don't know irrelevant.
1: So. certainly in the in the New Zealand market, as a you know the 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 type of organisations we have, we don't have a lot of those big organisations that um, you know maybe have those controls. Uh, you know, people are choosing more consumer-oriented devices, aren't they? So. Uh, I think that they're going to certainly struggle in the, in this market here and it seems like they they're fairly rapidly losing uh losing market share but we'll we'll wait and see what comes with um their um uh the BlackBerry 10 operating system which which actually looks pretty cool in many ways uh but it's not going to be out until uh sometime in the in the new year and how quickly they'll roll that out you know on a global basis and with all the other innovations happening it certainly looks like it's going to be a real uphill battle for them to uh you know to gain the The attention that they once had. So, last one: Europe is running out of IP addresses. Didn't the states already run out of IP addresses? I think just about everywhere in the world has run out of IP addresses. So they they seem to distribute these on a big basis. So internet providers, you know, used to get given look here's you know umpteen you know here's a block of IP addresses which is in the millions etc. and uh, I mean, it's sort of it's got to that point now where those blocks they've run out of blocks, but most internet providers still have enough up their sleeve to add new customers and so on. So I don't think this is a panic. I mean, we saw the same thing happen here in the Asia Pacific um, uh, region. uh, I think it was last year actually. And um, hey, you know, we're still able to add internet connections, so it's not a panic. But I guess it's a push to move to the new um, internet addressing scheme, the uh, IPv6. And, uh, you know, slowly but surely, it seems like uh, internet providers and, you know, hardware and software network sort of makers are uh, uh, getting themselves geared up. But it still seems like it's a fair way off before those, uh, those changes become absolutely necessary. Um, so no big panics there. But um, I think that's us for this week. So thanks, everyone, for, uh, for listening in to the NZ Tech podcast. Um, Nate, how do, we, uh, how do we find you online?
0: Um, you can either follow me on Twitter, which is just at Nate, or um, go to my blog, which is actually under my name, Nate Dunn. So natedunn.com. com.
1: Excellent, excellent. And uh, blog is uh, of course taken care of by uh, Geek Zone. Yep, powered um, by the, the Geek Zone uh, behemoth. Yes. So um, and and so is the Tech Jungle blog that I run. So um, yep, recommend people uh, get along there and have a, have a look at those. And uh, if you haven't had a look at uh, Geek Zone, well worth checking out. Now. um, Israel, you run a little bit of a site and have done uh, just quietly for for a few
2: years for uh,
1: for those who are fans of
2: French vehicles. Uh, yeah, we started a um, web forum about five, six years ago um, called Fast Frogs. Um, it has taken on a mind of its own, so if you I, go I there... I have heard that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, I take no <laughs> responsibility for anything on there. Um, but it, it, we we never thought... It's got about um i think about 500 people signed up could be right having on for a while and this this is just local uh, new zealand
1: community isn't it yep and
2: um yeah there's there's a a good core of um people on there know their stuff and um yeah we just um we're all afflicted with this disease of liking french cars so um if you need any bits there's usually someone on there's got some, and they'll probably give it to you anyway that's very cool yeah it is very cool um but as i say yeah it's um Never thought it would. Three three guys started it in my carport, and um, <laughs> never thought it would get quite this. this now we have
1: got most of the yeah, the 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 French car enthusiasts. Um, yeah. uh, the real hardcore ones plugged in. That's yeah, really that's cool. right. Yeah, it's really cool. Awesome. All right. Well, it's been a real pleasure having you on the on the podcast. And uh, as we, we look at some other uh, uh, car technologies throughout the year, we hope we'll be able to twist your arm to uh, to, to join us again. Um so thank you very much. No for uh, for anyone wanting to um follow me on Twitter, my um handle is at Paul Spain and if you want to uh follow the podcast we're at NZ Tech Podcast on Twitter or Facebook.com slash NZ uh NZ Tech Podcast and of course our website NZTechpodcast dot com. So uh hey, thanks everyone for um for joining us on this episode and uh hey, we'll be back again uh, next week. See ya.